You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, the Blue Jays getting off to just the kind of start that that they needed to, that I think obviously they wanted to, and that a lot of people thought they would. They're 2-0 after two games, and it's not just two games because it's two games on the road against a division opponent. So I feel like that gives it a little more, and they also – beat Chris Archer in the opener, and a lot of people think Chris Archer will be in the hunt for the American League Cy Young Award. So let's start with that, with the opener. They go out there, Stroman versus Archer, and, man, Stroman looked like an ace, didn't he? He absolutely did. And, I mean, if you're the Blue Jays, you just have to hope for more of the same from him uh, throughout this year. But he was about as good as it gets on opening day. And, and the thing that was so impressive to me was the command that he had. I mean, it seemed like he was just putting his pitches basically wherever he wanted to. Uh, I think it was 24 or 28 batters he started with the first pitch strike, the highest percentage of strikes he's ever thrown in a start in his career. I mean, these are all big positives that he can build off of, and it's not too often you see anybody uh, pitch into the ninth inning of the first uh, start of the season, and, and Stroman was able to do that. So uh, if he can keep this up, uh, the Jays will obviously be more than happy with that. We knew this team would, would hit, um, and in the opener they get a home run from Troy Tulowitzki, and it had to be good to see him go deep just because the power was a little down a year ago. Uh, and then they also get a big lift from Edwin Encarnacion, and, and that was kind of one of the question mark if there's a question mark, but a question just early in the season because he basically had no spring training. But he goes out, goes two for four in the opener, two RBIs, and you had mentioned you kind of had a feeling that he didn't need a lot of time to get ready. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, because he's Edwin Encarnacion, the Jays were more than willing to, to let him work through the issues at the big league level. And there's going to be some ups and downs over the next couple of weeks as he kind of gets his timing properly down at the plate. There's going to be a few times where he looks great, and there's going to be times where he doesn't. Um, but the fact is, when you have that type of presence in the lineup, if he's healthy enough to go, uh, he's going to play. Uh, it's not a situation where the Jays wanted to, to, to wait an extra two weeks, put him on the DL, give him more time. Uh, he's been in this situation before <clears throat> spring training last year as well uh, with a back injury, uh, cost him a lot of time. So it's not like this is completely un- unfamiliar territory for him. And, uh, you know, anytime you can add him as, as the fourth hitter behind guys like Josh Donaldson, and Jose Batista, that's going to uh, give some production, uh, some protection as well. And uh, the Jays will happily take that, even if, even if he's not fully up to speed yet. As good as this lineup is and can be, um, there was some question about, and we've talked about it during the offseason, who would be that leadoff guy. And at the end of the day, the Blue Jays ended up going with Kevin Pillar to start the season. Um, and, and I took a close look at his at-bats, you know, in game one. And I know he was two for five, drove in a run. Um, and then the pitch counts, uh, two pitches his first at-bat, but then five pitches, five pitches, five pitches, and finally three pitches. Is that what they want to see him? I know he didn't do it in his first at-bat, but as he got into the game, he took a good amount of pitches. Yeah, you know, that's something that he needs to do for his career. I mean, the Jays have kind of spoke, have kind of taken the opposite approach to that, and Pilar's kind of taken the opposite approach to that. They're, they're basically saying they don't want him to change anything uh, compared to, to where he was in the past. But, I mean, this is a guy who the on-base percentage, even though he had a very strong year in 2015, the on-base percentage was still an issue. And, uh, you can live with that at the bottom of the lineup, but when he's at the top of the lineup, you definitely want more than that. Uh, you know, they're, they're not, I don't know if the expectations are sky high for him in in terms of that regard, but uh, anytime he can work count a little bit, it's going to be a strong positive. And, and I think that's a, a, a really big part of his game that uh, would take him to the next level. So any small signs of improvement in that area, 
uh, is a big step in the right direction for him. And it's just going to be a matter of, of kind of waiting to see if that actually plays out over the next couple of months. I, I do have my doubts about that. Uh, but if that leadoff, uh, you know, spot in the order is, is going to give him a little bit more of a, a renewed emphasis on having a, a patient approach at the plate, I think it's good news for Pilar and good news for the Blue Jays. I feel like as you head into the season and you look at, at defensively around the league, it seems like Kevin Pillar, Kevin Kiermeyer, it's kind of like the race for that gold glove in center field. And, man, Pillar got a good start, didn't he, in game two with the catch he made in the gap in left center field and slamming into the wall? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, as I kind of said yesterday, it's it only took him two games for his, his first must-see moment of 2016, and I'm sure he's going to have many more. I mean, that's just the – uh, it's just impressive the, the amount of range that he was able to cover to get to that ball and just the fearless mentality he has in, in center field. I mean, he really lays his body on the line game after game. And uh, you do wonder long-term what, what that's going to mean for, for his overall health and, uh, you know, just the risk that he puts himself at at times. But uh, in the short term, uh, how can you not love it if you're a Blue Jays fan? I mean, it, it's he's made a regular routine out of making these spectacular grabs. Uh, you know, last night was... Uh, just another example of that, and I think the Blue Jays will uh, certainly welcome and expect many more of those to come this season. Brett Cecil tied a major league record on Monday night, and and this surprised me. Um, cons- uh, he had his 38th consecutive appearance without allowing an earned run. Um, obviously, he's given up a, a run across that time, but not an earned run. Um, but that doesn't take a lot away from from a really impressive run for Brett Cecil. It's been incredible. I mean, this is a guy who, in the entire second half of last year, didn't allow a single earned run. He allowed one unearned run in late September, and that was it from the middle of June on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And and the thing that is most impressive to me is, uh, you know, last season, uh, he started off really, really slow. He was dealing with a shoulder injury uh, in spring training. He got a late start. He did break camp with the team, uh, but he wasn't himself in, in April. He had decreased velocity. The guy who had an ERA around six towards the middle of June before he started going on that run, and then he just completely turned things around and uh, became the pitcher that you know he was for the two previous years. I mean, you go all the way back now. Uh, this is season four, entering season four of of him being one of the top relievers in the game. And to me, he doesn't get talked about enough. Um, he's a real key to the bullpen down there, not just for the Blue Jays, but in terms of big names across the league. I think he's now entered that mix. Just when you look at the numbers over the last three years, he's that good. Uh, and so he's going to get a big payday at the end of this year if he's able to keep it up as he enters the final year of, before free agency. And uh, it's just a remarkable, remarkable run that he's been on for a very long time. And uh, you know, it's not just lefties either. He's a guy who we saw, uh, you know, in Game Two, uh, he can go an inning at a time. He's not someone who just comes in to face a lefty. He can get guys from both sides of the plate, and they can trust him, even if it's a, a guy like Evan Longoria in the box. The, the Jays are confident uh, more often than not. Uh, Cecil's going to get the job done. Let's finish up the podcast by getting into three keys to success for this Blue Jays team in 2016. And number one that you have here, Gregor, kind of kind of connects to, to Brett Cecil. It's Drew Storen as the setup man. And if he's good in that eighth inning role, kind of makes everybody else better, right? Seventh inning and ninth. Yeah, it really does. And, I mean, if Storen isn't in the Blue Jays' bullpen right now, uh, Aaron Sanchez wouldn't be in the rotation. So that's that's the first piece. But then you look at what – uh, Storen can and add to those late inning relievers down there. Uh, you know, we saw it in Game Two uh, when the Jays had it set up perfectly. They they were able to go to Jesse Chavez in the sixth inning, then Brett Cecil in the seventh inning, 
uh, Drew Storen in the eighth inning and Roberto Osuna in the ninth. And that, that's the recipe for success I think they really want to have. And to me, Storen is the key to that because if, if he were to struggle or experience some issues down there, then everybody has to bump back a little bit. But if he can become that you know, very solid eighth inning guy, knowing that that's going to be his eighth inning, almost treating that as if it's his closer role in the eighth inning that he's used to, I think that really just makes the Blue Jays' bullpen that much better. And, and it might not be the Yankees' bullpen with Dylan Batances, Andrew Miller, Roldis Chapman, but it's not that far off. As, as surprising as that may be to a lot of people, it could be that uh, type of uh, you know, late-inning, elite-level type performance. With all those big bats in the lineup, your number two key is actually Michael Saunders out in left field. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Blue Jays' bullpen or the Blue Jays' offense is, is going to be, uh, you know, one of the best in baseball, probably the best in baseball again this year. We know that, uh, you know, for the most part, you know what to expect from a lot of guys in the batting order. The one, the one guy that people don't really know what to expect from is Michael Saunders, and that's just been because he's been such a question mark uh, now basically over the last three years. And, uh, you know, he can really add a, a completely different dynamic uh, to that Jays lineup. Uh, they don't have a lot of uh, left-handed hitters in there. He gives them a, a left-handed power bat. Uh, and, and left field last year was, was a bit of a black hole for the Blue Jays in the first half of the season. He gives them someone who should be a reliable guy if he can stay healthy. And uh, to me, it just makes the Blue Jays lineup that much deeper. It, it allows them, uh, you know, it affords them the luxury of, of probably being able to, to lose someone to an injury and still being able to get by. Uh, you know, I think it just makes that one through nine uh, even more scary than it was last year. And that's, uh, that's almost hard to believe based on how good the 2015 season was. And then finally, you have the back of the rotation, and we saw what, what Stroman can be in the opener, and you know what you're getting in R.A. Dickey, but the key is everything after that, right? Three, four, and five. Yeah, exactly, and, and they don't need to be great. Uh, they don't need to be Cy Young winners by any means, uh, but they need to be good enough, and, and the Blue Jays think they have that mix with guys like Jay Happ, uh, Marco Estrada, and Aaron Sanchez, and, uh, you know, just kind of following on that point of the bullpen, the Jays have more depth down in the bullpen than they've had in years, so they don't even need a lot of innings out of their starting pitching. If they can consistently get five, six quality innings from that group down there, I think that's going to go a long way into making sure that this team, uh, you know, defends its uh, AL East title. And, uh, you know, so that, that's why I think, you know, more than anyone else on the roster, those three guys are the biggest keys to success. Uh, Marco Estrada needs to make sure that he doesn't regress too much from last year. Uh, Aaron Sanchez has as much ceiling as, as anyone in baseball, but he needs to uh, do it on the mound before we can, uh, you know, read into it too much. And Jay Happ needs to be the guy that Jay Happ has been uh, throughout most of his career, and, and that's been about a six-inning type guy, and that's exactly what the Blue Jays need. This has been MLB.com Extras, Blue Jays edition. Gregor, thanks so much. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.